And we're going to be starting off with just a little bit of a story. Uh, I was just talking about before I came online for the recording. Welcome to the Tip Show. It is the Tip Show recording for June 23rd, 2018. And I was just talking uh, about how I can't wait to move to Denver and all of the reasons why and how excited I am about it. Uh, Why it's put so much pep into my step. And then besides that, uh, I have a little bit of a ritual that I get to do on show days. You don't really have to do anything else on a show day. You get to save up all your energy on a show day and then just sort of let it all hang out. Uh, It's a fine acting tradition and not just because actors are horribly, horribly lazy and I picked it up from them. No, uh, this is very much uh, an actual thing. You will hear this by people who are creatives uh, stand-up comedians, people who are motivational speakers, what have you. People who channel all that energy into a couple hours a day, they pretty much fuck off the rest of that day, by and large. They they save it up. Uh, and so I've been saving it up and just kind of real loose and real kind of limber. And then I need to express that I got this apartment, the, the street noises besides. The idea was this place is a fortress. It's got really solid walls. It's really isolated, and I could record at any time. The street noises fucked that up, but the other things proved true. So when I first moved in here in November, <clears throat> December, I had, there's not very many neighbors. This is a small unit area. This is not like a 100-person apartment complex. This is a uh, three-unit apartment complex. And one person out of those three had the cops called on him twice within uh, two weeks of me moving out, and they were, like, banging on the door. Uh, He scared me a little bit. Uh, He, like, banged on my door one night, told me I was moving his stuff. I was not. Uh, He intimidated me with that, and then he got evicted. So what are the odds in a three-person apartment that that happens as soon as you move in? Not high, just my luck. So uh, about two weeks ago, when I decided to come back on a Wednesday, uh, I was recording, and... Uh, unit number one is still empty after all this time. This is not a nice neighborhood. Uh, and that's the unit where the guy was from, the neighbor who intimidated me, scared me, etc. Not in these units at all, but instead, just adjacent-wise, there's a couple of houses and what have you. They are uh, obviously converted out to apartments, etc. But they are all one to two unit apartments. There's not a lot of neighbors. I need to stress that. So two weeks ago, the nearest complex to me, just up at 2 a.m., screaming, breaking glass, clearly making out words like, how could you do this to me? Just fucking awful. And I just, I haven't heard much from them since. I just kind of put it out of my head. So today I was just kind of lazy, just being a lazy piece of shit, just drinking it all in, playing some Steam games because they're on the Steam sale. Somebody gave me some early tip money. Hee hee, have some early tip money. I was like, fuck yeah, I'll spend it on the Steam sale. Got me some nice little dope cheap ass games. Mm-hmm. But I get to have beer once a week on show day to relax me. To have it as a celebration after, to relax me before. Love beer, can't drink it, too many calories. So, I go out to get beer, and there are 250-some police cruisers in Albuquerque. That's it. That's all there is. And what do I fucking see as I'm going out to get beer? 
but three of them parked in front of this goddamn apartment. So just to be clear, I have been here for eight months, less than, and I have had both neighbors on both sides had police en masse. Not one or two cops showing up, but cops showing up on both sides of it. Cannot wait to get out. Hate, hate, hate this city. The other thing that happened, this was about a week ago. I was driving on a sparse road. It's a two-lane road, and that's why I drive on it. There's not a lot of traffic. It's a two-lane road. There is a middle lane that's not a lane. And just driving along this road for not more than a mile, not more than a mile, a car comes out from behind me, drives up through the middle lane at 25 miles over the fucking limit, and when it passes me by, has no license plate. And when the car gets back into the lane of traffic, it just overswerves and screeches in such a way that you're almost positive that the driver's intoxicated. And where did this screech come right in front of? No joke. A fucking elementary school. I cannot wait to get the fuck out of this goddamn town. I hate it. I honked at someone the other day for going up a bike alley in their car. There are bike streets. There are streets with different signs, uh, different colored signs with bicycles on them. Because only bicycles are allowed on the avenue. And I honked at a guy trying to get his attention that he was about to turn onto one. And he literally rolled coal on me and flipped me off. For those of you who don't know, rolling coal is when you intentionally get a stack of diesel mechanical equipment on your fucking truck so that you can shoot out black exhaust behind you. It's when you spend thousands of dollars to shoot coal soot at other cars in traffic. And he did it because I informed him he was driving down, or about to drive down, a bicycle-only lane. Albuquerque. It's all happened in the last week, so I can't wait to fucking get out. <laughs> now, normally, this kind of thing would just be, like, pissing me off. But honestly, honestly, all of these signs have put me in a fantastic mood. Just listen to my voice, because I just saw them damn police cruisers getting the beer. I just got the beer right before the show. Listen to how good I feel. Because never, ever, ever before has a decision been so easy for me. Normally what happens is I'll make a decision and then something happens where I'm like, oh, I don't know. But this is the equivalent of like breaking up with a girl and then the moment you say like, oh, I think we need to, like you're all nervous, you don't know if it's the right thing, but like you got to trust your instincts and like the moment you get out of your mouth, she's all like, ah, fuck everybody the moment you leave. Boo! It's like, oh, well, you made that easy. Ta-da. <laughs> So I said, like, oh, I fucking hate you, Albuquerque, and I went out. And then everybody was as big of a piece of shit as could possibly be. So Albuquerque's saying it's done with me, too. And you know what? It's mutual. And that's great. Because Albuquerque can stay where the fuck it is. <laughs> I'm mobile. Ah, all right. That's the beginning of that. Now, what do we do next? I'm asking, because I forgot. We do short quotations, we do short quotations, 
when you've got you something something inclinations we've got short quotations we've got short quotations when you want to hear my intonations that's right this is when you just put something in quotation marks and then i say it if it's short don't make it too many words don't make it too many syllables just go ahead and put something in quotation marks and then i say it on your knees little girl and that's all there is to it you put it in there i say it you don't have to pay me don't worry about it you just got to say it at the risk of sounding crass i would cause widespread property damage for that booty you're such a good girl that's my wife i am going to ruin you kitten daddy's not done yet god damn yes baby i can't take my eyes off you little girl shut up and kiss me every song reminds me of you you can do it baby girl take a deep breath and keep going come here darling let me hug you and nuzzle you in fuck you san diego ah oh, baby girls got a little bit of a bite to her i like that as you wish what am i going to do with you i ask for so little just fear me love me do as i say and i will be your slave don't bat those lashes at me little girl Mm. Daddy wants you, darling. Sit the fuck down and watch me fuck your friend. <laughs> the girl you're trying to reach is not available to take your call. She's tied up at the moment. This cowboy knows how to tie a knot. Allow me to demonstrate. <laughs> Come here. Give me that bottom lip. I want to bite it. Don't be shy. Open up for me. Mistress, please. Lot of new girls here tonight. Don't be shy. I know you want me to say something for you. Mm, 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 baby girl, daddy's not done with you yet. <laughs> Ooh. What did you do this time, kitten? 
Don't make me spank that pretty ass of yours. None of us has seen it all. None of us has seen it all yet. Come over here and open that pretty little mouth for Daddy. Girls make me feel so sexy. Yes, you do. You really want to test me, kitten? You don't think I would let you off that easy, did you? Come here, kitten, and sit on Daddy's face. What if I let you drink it from my mouth? <laughs> Damn, how sexy you are. Come on, new girls. I see some new girls typing. Look at how brave these two girls are. They're new. You're new. Type just like them. I know you want me to say it, and I want to say it for you. Don't make me daddy beg. Come on. Don't make daddy beg. <laughs> You've been a very bad girl. Daddy needs to tame you. See? Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Callacy. Even though that's there's no way that's right. Thank you for being brave there. I know it must be a bit scary coming in, saying something new for all these strangers. Don't worry, though. They're not going to know or care that you asked it. And then you get to masturbate to it later because I actually paid attention to you. No one's doing the senpai paid attention to me meme anymore, are they? It's probably 2016 when that was last used. What a shame. That one I really liked. That one I always used correctly. <clears throat> Beg for it, kitten. Tell Daddy how much you want it. Now lift that skirt up, little girl. I don't care if people see. Get over here now, baby girl! None of us has seen it all. None of us has seen it all yet. Here I thought I'd be swarmed. One would be swarming me with quotations to say. Tell me about those naughty thoughts that keep you up at night. I want the parts that you've tried to throw away, the parts that you were convinced no one could ever love. <laughs> we're just getting started, little girl. 
Okay, we're going to be wrapping it up soon. New girls, if it's your first time ever, this is your chance. I promise I'll say yours. <clears throat> it's been a long day, kitten. You know the drill. Come sit on Danny's lap. Yeah, I'm not doing the re. Uh, <clears throat> come over here right now, young lady. You just insist on being bad, don't you? Your hair is so soft. Can't wait to run my hands through it. Pull you until you yelp. Entice me, darling. Just give me a taste. Beg for me. Now, darling, I care about you and always will. Now dry those tears up and lay on my chest. Oh, little girl, I'm sorry your tummy is grumpy. Daddy will snuggle you better. Shut up and kiss me. Sweetie, you are enough. Come over here and kiss me. You're mine, whether you like it or not. You don't get to come until I say so, little girl. You're mine, little one. Daddy loves cuddling. All right, girls, come on, wrap it up, wrap it up. Don't request if you've already requested. Please do if you haven't before. Let's move it on in to the next section. How bad do you want Daddy's cock in you? First timers, close and bell. Anyone who hasn't gotten theirs, ring-a-ling, ring-a-ling. This is the ice cream truck slowly peeling away. The sad Doppler version of the song where it's getting quieter, not the exciting Doppler version of the song where it's getting louder. This is... It's that version. Get your ice cream. Last chance. Oh, you like it when I... Keep rubbing that little clit of yours, kitten. Closing it in the next 60 seconds. All right, Kathleen M. Uh... Thank you uh, so much. She said, have a great show tonight. Mika said, Jack, at the risk of sounding repetitive, have a great show tonight. And on the not-so-repetitive note, you've been just a life over the past few weeks. Love to hear the relaxed, playful Jack. Mwah. Thank you so much. Uh, AK has said, bad connection while on the train, but have fun. Thank you so much, AK. Christine said, thank you, Jack. I had a lovely time. What? We just got started. And that's it! 
Oh my god, put that tip show link up again after all those fucking sexy little things I just said. There we go. Uh, uh, uh. And since apparently Daddy's gonna have to work for his sucker to, supper tonight, sucker. I don't have to work for my suckers. You all just come when I schedule. Hehehe. <laughs> since I'm gonna have to work for my supper tonight, I guess I should probably get started reading. All right. Forgive me. I have a little bit of congestion. I think it's from all of the. Uh, Extra, extra recording I've been doing and what have you. And it's also just kind of a dry season. So forgive me, uh, the live show girls. This is probably all going to get cut out. Uh, but occasionally you're going to hear me hit my chest, stretch out a little bit, clear my throat. It's just to try and get better recordings in. Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean. The one who has flung herself out of the grass. The one who is eating sugar out of my hand. Who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down. Who is gazing around with enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and, flats and flies away. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all my life. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last? And, too soon, tell me, what is it you plan to do with your wild and precious life? It's very beautiful. Uh, I, I stumbled a bit there. Let's shake that recording off. Yes, it was very sweet. I agree, Meg. Let's see if number two goes down smoother. Going to the woods is going home, for I suppose we came from the woods originally. But in some of nature's forests, the adventurous traveler seems a feeble, unwelcome creature, wild beast that the weather trying to kill him, the rank, tangled vegetation, armed with spears and stinging needles, barring his way and making life a hard struggle. Ooh. Motivational. Throw away your papers tonight! Put aside your pen. Let your fingers write on my body an empty page, a work, a sentence. Write a poem if your syntax hurts my skin. If I sigh, if I moan, just tighten your embrace. If your fingers stammer, dip them in darkness. And start again. Fill up my margins. Suffocate me with your grammar. Proofread the madness you have created. Erase with your lips any mistakes your fingers make. Read to me what you have written. See the pages of my life. Come alive. It's in your fingers. Tonight.
uh, Rina Singh, The Poetics of Desire. Life is a gift, as sweet as the freshest peach, as precious as a gilded jewel. I've never been able to understand the logic in willfully surrendering such a treasure. What is that again? How dark can your existence be when compared to an eternal void? Or do you have faith that there is something beyond? What do you see from where you are? A bright light at the end of the tunnel? Is it a ray of hope, a glimmer of something better? Or will it burn you like the morning sun? All the sounds you hear are trumpeting of St. Peter's angels or the screams of Menoch's tortured souls. You can't answer that, can you? Because you will never know the answer until after the deed is done. There's no citation on that one. I think I've done this one a million fucking times. I've done His Mistress Going to Bed by John Dunn like two or three times, haven't I? Yeah. I'm almost positive. Yeah, I sure have. Thank you, whoever sent it in. Uh, it's just sent in once a month. <laughs> Sorry. People really like that John Dunn, but I've John done it. I've John done it to death, so onward and upward. Cheesy Canadian vampire cop show. Was that Forever Night? Forever Night with a K? Boom. Look at fucking me. Oh, I watched all the vampire fucking shows in the 90s. That's why Susie said it. I was like, Canadian cop? There's two shows with vampires that were filmed in Canada with a cop. I'm going to assume it's Forever Night because there's almost no chance that she watched the other one that began with an I. But I watched that one too. All six or seven episodes before they yanked it off the goddamn air. Fucking love me some occult shit back in the 90s. Fuck yeah. All right. Okay. Let's see. The story, as it happens, as I remember it, as I'm telling it. Oh, God. Well, uh, here goes. At exactly six o'clock tonight, I came home from work. My wife, Myra, was in her dressing room getting dressed for her party. I got a bottle of champagne from the refrigerator and headed upstairs. Rosita, the Spanish cook, was in the kitchen with Ramona, her Spanish sister, and Romero, her Spanish son. They were preparing an Italian dinner. They were waiting for Myra to tell them when they thought to start the dinner. As I climbed the stairs, I said to myself, it's my 10th wedding anniversary, and I can't believe I still love my wife so much. Myra was putting on the perfume I bought her for Christmas. I purposely buy it because it drives me crazy. I tapped on her door. Tap, tap, tap. She opens it. I hand her a glass of champagne. I make a toast. To my most beautiful wife a man ever had for ten years. She said, to the best man and the best ten years a beautiful wife ever had. We drink, we kiss, 
we toast again to the loveliest skin on the loveliest body that has never aged a day in ten wonderful years, she toasts, to the gentlest hand that had ever stroked the loveliest skin that has never aged a day in ten wonderful years. We drink, we kiss, we toast. We drink, we kiss, we toast. By seven o'clock, the bottle is finished. My wife is sloshed, and I'm completely toasted. And then I smell the perfume. The perfume I could never resist. I loved her in that moment with as much passion and ardor as when we were first newlyweds. I tell you this, not with embarrassment, but with pride and joy for a love that grows stronger and more passionate and lasting as each day passes. We lay there, spent, naked, in each other's arms, complete in our happiness. It's now eight o'clock outside, and it's grown dark. Suddenly, a gentle knock on the door. Knock, knock, knock. The door opens, and a strange young man looks down on us with a knife in his hand. Myra screams. I jump up and run for the gun in my drawer. Myra grabs a towel and shields herself. I run back in with pistol, ready to save my wife's life. The strange young man says in Spanish, Yo quito se dablo enchilada, por queso en quinto minuto. But I don't speak Spanish. And I never saw Rosita's son, Romero, before. And I don't know, the knife was to cut up the salad, and he was just asking if they should heat up the dinner now. So I aim my gun at him. Myra screams and pulls my arm. The gun goes off and shoots me in the earlobe. Rosita's son, Romero, runs downstairs to tell Rosita and Ramona. Mamacita. Me la cual pesa el hombre a la baco allá. The crazy man took a gun and shot himself. So Rosita, Ramona, and Romero leave in a huff. My earlobe is bleeding all over Myra's new dress. Suddenly, we hear a car pull up. It's my first guest. Myra grabs a bathrobe and runs downstairs to stop Rosita, Ramon, and Romero. Otherwise, we'll have no dinner. But they drive off in their Alfa Romero. I look at the window to stop, but it's dark. I look at the window, but it's dark, and I think someone is stealing my beautiful old Mercedes. So, I take a shot at them. Myra runs downstairs to the basement where we keep the cedar chest. She's looking for the dress she wore last year for the bonds of Israel. She can't find the light, trips down the stairs, passes out in the dark. I run downstairs looking for Myra, notice the basement door is open, and afraid the strange-looking kid will come back. So I lock the door, not knowing my Myra is still down there. Then I run upstairs to take an aspirin because my earlobe is killing me from the hole in it. But the blood on my finger gets in my eyes, and my mistake, I take four Valium instead. I hear the guests downstairs, and I want to tell them to look for Myra, but suddenly I can't talk from the Valium, and I'm bleeding on the white rug. So I start to write a note explaining what happened, but the note looks like gibberish. 
I'm afraid they'll think it was a suicide note, and they'll call the police. My friend, Glenn Cooper, was coming. It'd be very bad for his campaign to be mixed up with a suicide. So I tore up the note and flushed it down the toilet, just as they walked into the room. They're yelling at me, what happened, what happened? Before I could tell them what happened, I passed out on the bed. And that's the whole goddamn story. As sure as my name is Charlie Brock. Well, that was interesting. Our lips just trespassed on those inner labyrinths hidden deep within our ears, filled them with private music of wicked words, hers in many languages, mine in the off-color of my own tongue, until, as our tone shifted, as our consonants spun and squealed, rattled faster, hesitated, raced harder, syllables soon melted with groans or moans finding purchase in new words, or old words, or made-up words, until we gathered up our heat and refused to release it, enjoying it too much in the dark language we had suddenly stumbled upon, carved to, craved to, not a communication really, but a channeling of our rumored desires, hers for all I know how to gone to Black Forest, and wolves, mine banging back to a familiar form, the great revenant mystery I could still only hear the shape of, which in spite of separate lusts and individual cries still continues to drive us deeper into stranger tones. Our mutual desire to keep gripping the burn fueled by sound, hers screeching, mine, I didn't hear mine, only hers. Probably counterpointing mine, a high-pitched cry, and then a whisper dropping unexpectedly to practically a bark, a grunt, whatever, no sense anymore. And suddenly, no more curves either, just the straight away, some line crossed, where every fractured sound already spoken finally compacts into one long, agonizing word easily exceeding a hundred letters, even thunder, anticipating the inevitable letting go when the heat is ultimately too much to bear, threatening to burn, scar, tear it all apart, yet tempting enough to hold on to for even one second more the extent of it all, if we can, as if by getting that much closer to the heat, that much more enveloped would prove which when we did clutch, hold, postpone, did in fact prove too much, after all. Seconds too much, and impossible to refuse. That, so bowing, all of everything apart, shivers and shakes, and, deep in her throat, a thousand letters crashing into long, unmodulated fall resonating deep within my cochlea and down my cochlear nerve. A last fit of fury describing it, lasting detail, in the shape of things already come. Too bad dark languages rarely 
survive. Mark Danieluski, House of Leaves. Yeah. It was also a super fucking run-on sentence. It's very nice, but there's literally not a single period in there. So that was a bit interesting to read. Uh, punctuation makes reading good. <laughs> punctuation makes reading for dyslexics possible. <laughs> we don't have the same informational network as the rest of your brains do. We really like those commas and periods. All right. <clears throat> Dyslexics of the world untie. Okay. It's because and is already a conjunction and therefore doesn't need any kind of marking. It's a conjunction. It tells you what happens next in the sentence. And then you know. Because... Certain words already have grammar, grammatical inflections based in them. Then you can use them without having to use any other grammar because of how useful they are in normal forms. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you just fucking come into my house on grammar and expect me to just fucking walk off with that shit? You want to come in here and just be all like, you don't use an Oxford comma. I don't. I also don't have an additional hole in my head that I don't require. Are you going to fucking tease me about that shit either? Uh-uh. <sighs> fucking Oxford commaers, they will never, ever, ever say that you were right, that less is more. That's the thing. That's the problem with Oxford commaers. Sometimes I admit the comma's nice. It really helps things separate and flow. But the Oxford commaers will never, ever say... That the proper form of engineering is not when there's anything left to add, but nothing left to subtract, as all grammatical Aryans tell you. Except when they're adding that fucking splicing comma. Oh, it's not a splice if it's an Oxford comma. Fuck you. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's right. I hate the Oxford comma. Now y'all know it. What's gonna happen next? I already got your money. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Could you imagine? Like, that's the TMZ headline or something. That's the next Me Too. Is people who don't pronounce GIF or use Oxford commas the right way. Like, that's the next, like, fucking battleground for who gets socially shamed out of entertainment careers. We found out today that he doesn't like using a comma in front of conjunctions. What? Ew. 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 There's all, like, kinds of, like, papers on, like, medium and shit. How I was tricked into the false feminism of the Grey Knight and his inability to use an Oxford comma. <laughs> it's, the next, it's the next battleground. There's nothing left to hate anybody over. There's nothing left to hate anyone. So <laughs> we're going to have to come up with reasons. What are you, an Aquarius? <laughs> That's it. That's the next war. We're going to have to build internment quaps for Aquarians. 
Whenever we hear somebody singing like, this is the age of Aquarius, we're going to start like fucking just coming in with SWAT teams. <laughs> age of Aquarius was last millennia. What are we, what are we in the age of? Before I read this next one, just because I switch gears, we're getting a little bit sexier. What are we in the age of? We're not. It can't still be Aquarius. That was last millennia. Nobody. Oh, I fucking look through my Tumblr and I see a million fucking zodiac shit. You all like have spells for like raising the dead on your fucking Tumblrs. Nobody knows what age we're in. <laughs> this seems unlikely to me. <laughs> all right. I thought for sure somebody's going to be like, oh, we're in the age of cancer. We're in the age of... The nope, everyone's like, F I don't know. Listen, I just have my sign fucking inked into my skin for the rest of my life. I don't know what fucking year it is in astrology. What kind of nonsense is this? I just have the tattoos and the books and pay for readings. I don't know what fucking year it is. What kind of nonsense is that? Why would I pay attention to it? Anyways, I can't date you because you're a Gemini, and Geminis are two-faced. Here we go. <clears throat> Kyrie rolled her hips around me as I strode across the bedroom and into the closet. She whimpered raggedly as I set her down and pulled out of her. What are you doing? She demanded. I grabbed her shoulders and turned her in place to face the three-way mirror. Oh. Look at yourself, Kyrie. Look at how beautiful you are. Look at us together. Watch us. I told her, don't look away. I slid my hands over her breasts, cupping them, lifting them, kneading their fullness. I pinched her nipples with thumb and forefinger of each hand, rolling her thick, sensitive pink buds until she gasped. I took one of her hands in mine and floated our joined fingers together, down, down, between her thighs. Let me see you touch yourself, darling. Let me see you put your fingers in your pussy. I growled in her ear, sliding my middle finger and hers into her opening. Let me see you get your fingers wet. Kyrie sucked in a deep breath as our fingers slipped into her pussy, and I curled my digit inward, scraped high on her inner wall, finding that spot and guiding her touch. Just like that, Kyrie. Keep touching yourself. Don't stop. I withdrew my fingers and watched as she rubbed herself. I want to watch you come just like this. Come for me, Kyrie. Make yourself come. I pressed two fingers to her clit and massaged her in a slow, gentle circle and felt her hips move, a slight flutter to match my circling touch. Her mouth fell open, and her eyes went wide as I sped up, pausing every now and then to pinch her clit between my fingers, to flick it, rub it, and then move in ever faster circles with it. 
Her free hand reached up to clutch at my head, her eyes not on mine in the mirror, but on our hands moving at her sex, at the way her hips began to grind and gyrate. Her tits began to sway and bounce, and her motions became more and more frantic, her thighs trembling, her legs falling open wider. Two more fingers inside yourself, Kyrie. I ordered my lips against the shell of her ear. Buck yourself with your fingers, my love. Let me see you do that. Oh, God, Valentine. She slipped her index finger ring, and, oh, she slipped her index and ring fingers into herself. Her digits curled to rub against her G-spot. I'm close. I'm close. Are you watching? I demanded. Yes, I'm watching. Her knees began to dip as I swiped faster and faster around her clit, and her free fingers fucked harder and harder inside herself. Her eyes began to flutter, her breath coming shallow and harsh. I'm coming, Valentine. Oh, I'm coming, Valentine. Oh, Jesus, I'm coming. She broke off, teeth clenched together, her entire body straining, and now she was screaming through gritted teeth as an orgasm tore through her. I bent at the knees then, pulled my fingers away from her clit, and grabbed her hips, jerked her ass backward. She planted her palm on the mirror, her eyes flicked up to mine, shaking all over, still teasing and moaning with the aftershocks. She leaned forward, opening herself for me. I gripped my cock in one hand and dragged it against her clit, pushing until she rocked forward with a groan. In me. I need you. Fuck. I'm so sorry, guys. They keep switching. In me. I need you in me, Valentine. You need my cock, don't you? I do. God, Valentine, I need it so bad. I pulled the tip of my dick between her slick labia and dove right into her tight, wet opening, growling as I felt her still quaking in her walls squeeze immediately around me. Bare inside me, our eyes locked in the reflection of the mirror, I pushed deep inside her until my stomach met the solid, round expanse of her ass. <sighs> yes, baby, yes. She gasped, her voice rising to a shout as I drew back and rammed back into her. You like that, don't you, Kyrie? I gripped the crease of her hips in my hands as I glided my throbbing cock out so I nearly lost her heat, and then pulled her ass into my thrust, growling with pleasure when the generous mound of flesh jiggled. I love it. Fuck. I need it. You need me, don't you? I pulled her back again and thrust deep, hard. Yes, I need it so bad. She squeezed her eyes shut briefly as I set my favorite rhythm, pulling out slowly and fucking in hard and fast. I need you. I need this. Shit. That feels so good. I need us. One hand flat against the mirror to prop herself up, bent nearly double, her tits swaying and bouncing with each slapping clash of our bodies. She opened her eyes as wide as they would go and kept her gaze locked on mine. Touch yourself, Kyrie, right now while I'm fucking you. Touch 
your clit. Make yourself come again. I watched as she slipped her other hand between her thigh and put two fingers to her clit, catching her lip between her teeth and immediately finding the rhythm she needed. And now her fingers moved in sync with the rhythm of my driving hips. Her brows lowered and her breath came faster and faster. And she started pushing back into me, slamming her ass into my thrusts harder and harder. Her gaze flickered down and then to the side, watching us in profile in the side mirror. I looked in the opposite side mirror, and now we both watched. Watched my thick, wet cock sliding in and out of her pussy and then burying into her body. Watching the whole body rock forward with the power of my thrust. Her tits swaying forward, my balls slapping against her. Her fingers moved in a blur then, and I felt her pussy clamp down, felt her body coil and tense as she prepared to come. As soon as I felt her begin to come, I slapped her ass hard, sinking the crack of my hand on the flesh while driving, relentless fucking, oh my god, she cried out at the smack, arching her spine up, writhing as I drilled into her, giving in to my own rising orgasm. That's not my name, I growled. Oh, fuck, fucking Valentine. It was part statement, part question, breathless as she came. That's better. I jerked her backwards into my thrust, our eyes meeting in the central mirror. Is this what you wanted? Is it? You want me to talk to you? Tell you how good you feel? You want me to tell you how your perfect, sweet little pussy feels when you squeeze my cock like that? You want me to tell you how much I fucking love you? That I can't live without this? I can't, darling. I won't. You don't have to. Just keep fucking me. Please. Just keep fucking me. She put both of her hands on the mirror now and pushed back to meet my thrusts, to fuck me back. Just like this, Valentine. Don't ever stop. I won't. I promise. I love you too much. I love this too much. She met my rhythm, and I felt myself losing control, grinding hard and deep. She rolled her hips against me, her eyes piercing mine. I want to feel you come. Come for me. Right now, baby. Heat billowed through me, pressing in my balls, tightening and ratcheting up until I was growling and groaning. My hips flush against her ass, my cock buried deep and pushing in to go deeper. I'm coming, Kyrie. I pulled out on the verge of detonation and then slammed home. Kyrie, God, I'm coming. I'm coming! She rocked with me as I exploded into her, shouting my name as I came. She called me her everything. I gasped, groaning, as another wave of sea flooded out of me and filled her up. That is Jacinda Wilder, Beta, Alpha Book Number Two. Jacinda or Jacinda uh, Wilder. Really flowed very well, the writing of that. 
Uh, besides the besides the characters switching, that was super easy to read. Thank you for the suggestion there. I just don't like it when uh, two characters speak in the same paragraph. Uh, it's very confusing to me. Uh, when I grew up, one character's thoughts or motivations were what was in a paragraph, and then you'd move on. But I've already ranted about Oxford commas, so fuck it. I'm not going to get into any fucking else shit. <clears throat> Captivated, Cole watched Avery follow his order. Her motions were graceful, innately so. Typically, he didn't flog women when he had a raging hard-on. Then again, he never had an evening quite like this. He trailed his fingers across her shoulders, down her back, over her shapely buttocks. You've got the most spankable ass of any woman I've ever known. It's the cupcake, sir. Then I shall hire a pastry chef. She glanced back at him. You're divine. And don't think that means I won't make it too sore to sit down. She moans a little as she faced forward again. She scoops her hair to one side. I want you to consider yourself tied. My doms usually cuff me, sir. At what point did you confuse me with anyone else? He grabbed her ass cheeks and squeezed hard, lifting her off her heels. Sorry, sir. Better. He slowly released his grip, and, and her exhalation was so ragged, even her shoulders shook. It was so good to know he affected her in the same way that she affected him. He rubbed her body with long, slow, forceful strokes, getting her blood flowing, letting her know he was in charge. You've asked for this. With her words, her bodies, her actions, she'd been clear about it. Stay in place. Make me proud of you. That's a lot to ask, sir. I think you want me to demand more from you than anyone ever has. She didn't immediately respond. That's why you approached me. Yes. She whispered, and it was a bit of a word of confession. Uh, <clears throat> you can count or not. I'll stop when I'm ready, or when you say red. He saw her tense, her muscles. Give yourself over. He touched her, soothed her, until she exhaled. Good. He gave her a few gentle strokes on her perfect buttocks. He had no concern about losing his erection. The sight of her skin turning color beneath the subtle strands of his flogger was enough to keep him hard. He continued to work with her in light strokes until he saw the tension drain from her. Only then did he start flogging her in earnest. With considerable more force than he had been using, Kroll crisscrossed her body, using complete strokes, wrapping the strands around her, from her thighs to her buttocks to her waist. She gripped the sides of the armoire, but her muscles were relaxed, her breaths were rhythmic and deep. For her, he saw, this was not punishment. Avery moaned as he caught her shoulder with the tip of a strand. 
Her skin turned to pink from his blows, and he noticed that her knees were starting to buckle a little. We're not done yet. He gave her another two dozen strokes, some of his best. She swayed, but didn't make a protest. You're not getting turned on from punishment, are you? They both knew she was. Sir, I... Yes. He paused for a moment, flogger at his side, while he fingered her. Cole threaded his hands into her hair to turn her head to one side. Unable to resist, he kissed her, cradling her head in his palm. She was tender, more than any he'd ever been with with a sub. But there was something about the surrender that got to him as a man, not just as a dom. She tasted of honey, of the finest champagne, of compliance. Her mouth was soft, her tongue yielding. And because he loved her response, Cole pulled away from her and shook his head to clear it. To him, a kiss was incredibly intimate. He didn't kiss women unless he was in a relationship or was trying to woo her into one. So what the hell was he thinking? Reminding himself that she only wanted one night, he looked her in the eyes and passed that annoying fucking mask. Now you can suck my cock. Cole helped her turn around, and he put his hands on top of her head to force her down onto her knees. She appeared to be in a stupor from endorphins, from confusion, and he savored it. There was nothing sexier than a woman in the throes of sexual arousal. Since you used your hands earlier without permission, put your hands behind your neck and open your mouth. He stroked himself a couple of times while she did as she was told. She swirled her tongue around his cockhead and began to lick, pressing her tongue against the underneath. He curled a fist around his dick to control how much she took and gave her more. Open wider, sub. Beneath her mask, he saw her green eyes water as he went deeper. If her mascara ran, so much the better. He held the back of her head so she couldn't escape. Properly responsive, she choked on him, but didn't pull away, taking everything he offered and continuing to move her tongue and suck. Enough! He captured her chin with his hand. When he pulled away, she didn't even try to wipe her mouth. Instead, she looked up with eyelashes fringed with tears. Sexy. Fucking sexy, he said, on the bed. He helped her stand. Then, before she could walk past him, he put a hand on her shoulder to stop her. Sir? Cole reached for his shirt, and he used the bottom of it to clean her mouth. I actually liked it, sir, she said. His cock pulsed in demand, and he knew she'd notice it. On the bed. His voice was gruffer than he'd ever heard it. She sat on the edge of the mattress while he collected his bow tie and suit coat. Give me your wrists, he instructed. Since you like to use your hands without permission, this will prevent that. 
He tied her wrist together with his bow tie. The material was slick, and it would not cause the slightest effort. But his intent wasn't to secure her. It was to remind her that he was to do as he wanted. He tipped her back, as he said, spread your legs. Though she was already aroused, Cole stroked her pussy. Wordlessly, he played with her, fingered her, even as he pumped his cock in his left hand. Are you ready for me? I am. Yes, sir. He said nothing. She lifted her hand off the mattress as best as she could, seeking his gaze. I'm asking. Please, put your cock in me, sir. Grateful there had already been a turn-down service, he moved her to the middle of the bed with his arms over her head. He took a minute to lave her nipple with his attention, tormenting them, causing her to lift her hips from the bed. I'm so ready to come, sir. Are you? He hoped he sounded nonchalant. In truth, he was anything but. With his knee, he forced her legs further apart. Then, because her pussy was so red and swollen, he slapped it hard. She screamed, and he leaned over her, placing his cock at the opening and capturing her cry with his mouth. He devoured her, and she thrashed about. Sexily, her pussy drenched his cock as he slid in. Cole tried to soften the kiss, but she met his tongue thrust for thrilling thrust. He'd encouraged her to ask for what she wanted. She responded with a demand. He wasn't sure he'd ever experienced anything this real. He pulled back, and she moaned. A plaintive sound he silenced with his mouth. Her moan became a whimper as he fucked her with short, fast strokes designed to drive her mad. She moved with him. He looked down at her in time to see her close her eyes. His sub struggled against the makeshift bondage and turned her head to the side of their breaking kiss. Master Cole, I want to come. You don't need permission. He reached between them to press her engorged clit. Now. She cried out his name as he came, clenching his cock with her internal muscles. Cole ground his back teeth together to fight off his orgasm. He'd never been with a woman as exquisite as Avery. And the struggle was more than he anticipated. He had to dig deep into his military training to find a thought that would distract him. He pulled out a little, regrouping. When she looked at him, he stroked into her again. I didn't know it could be this good. Big, strong, tough, hardened Dom that he was, he had no fucking idea how to admit that he hadn't known either. Instead, he told her, the night is ours. Her eyes were wide. Stop hiding. He touched the top of her mask and traced one of the delicate lines. She turned her head to escape him. Cole sighed telling himself that her comfort mattered more than his need to make her reveal her name and take off the mask. Even though it went against all his better instincts, he mentally renewed his promise to allow her anonymity for the rest of the night. This time, as he fucked her, 
as he set a more leisurely pace so he could prolong her pleasure. I need to touch you, she said. You can get out of that tie any time. We both know that's not the point, sir. I am delighted you realize that. He clamped a hand on her delicate wrists. I learned my lessons earlier, sir. They'll stay with me until you say otherwise. He could fuck this delectable woman all night long. With long, penetrating strokes, he slid in and out of her, ignoring the demanding fullness of his balls. He wanted a connection with her, and damn it, he was going to have it. Look at me. I want to see your eyes. There was something incredibly powerful about compelling a submissive to meet his gaze, but when his little sub did, he wondered who was truly enslaved by whom. He wanted her as badly as she obviously wanted him. He fucked her tight channel, and she sighed. For minutes, he continued to watch her reactions as she became more aroused. She blinked less often and opened her mouth a little. Her lipstick had already been worn off by their passion. Her compliance was so damn beautiful. Primal urges finally obliterated his restraint, and he began to fuck her in earnest. Whatever he gave, this woman accepted hard and fast, short and sweet, leisurely and prolonged. It unraveled his self-control. He moved them both so she was half on her side, a leg on top of his, giving him leverage to penetrate deeper. Then, because he wanted to, he plucked the knot from his bow tie. Instantly, she grabbed him, holding his shoulders, wrapping herself around him. Though he liked having his woman properly restrained as a way to remind them both of overarching nature of their relationship, he enjoyed the feel of her hands, desperately seeking him. She curved her body into the shape of a gentle bow, inviting him even further. Obli obligingly, he filled her heated pussy. I love this, she said. Fuck me hard, sir. He gave what she so politely asked for, one hand tangling in her hair, the other pressed flat against her buttocks to prevent her from moving far. Her pussy memories squeezed him tight. He fisted his hands to hold off a longer, wanting her to climax first. Sir, come, she screamed, clenching, coming, grabbing him. He savored each second, enjoying the fact that he could satisfy his sub. Only when she was whimpering his name did he allow himself to ejaculate in a long, satisfying splurt. Hard Hand by Sierra Cartwright <clears throat> Yeah. Not happened there. Okay. We have got one last sexy one. So if you haven't been touching yourself while listening, this is definitely the time to start. Don't be embarrassed. It can be a little bit of a secret if you want it to be. It's a lot of fun. Just think of this like a big dark room where everybody can see me and nobody can see you. 
And you can put your hand beneath the table. And no one's going to judge. Because they're just all looking at Daddy anyway. <clears throat> and I want you. And that's why we're here. I want you. So if you don't feel the same way, now's your chance to say so. I want. She stops. There's a word on her lips, but I'm almost certain it was not my name. Jealousy heats up in a millisecond. What kind of girl has another man's name on her tongue when she's gazing up into my eyes? What? I, shave, I say sharply. What were you going to say? I want to be irresistible. Like you. What? I have to admit, I'm surprised. And then I laugh. Are you a virgin? I'm 26, asshole. I'm not a fucking virgin. Then, what do you mean? I'm confused. You're just... She sighs. So good at this stuff. Seduction, right? I'm bad at it. Well, who do you want to seduce? My jealous rage is back. No one. Not specifically, but you're so confident. And I'm so... Not. I feel like I should just take notes. It's my turn to sigh. What you want me to teach you is how to seduce someone? She looks at me with pleading eyes. Tell me how you got all this control. How do you do it? I think about this for a few seconds, and then take a calculated risk. How many blowjobs have you given in your life, Tiffy? What? She laughs, putting her hand over her heart like the word blowjob is an assault on her virtue. Any? I've given one, she admits, and then averts her eyes. I'm turned on again. One. One is not enough. If you want to know how to control a man, you need to know. You don't need to look any further than your own mouth. Men are drawn to lips. Every girl they ever think about sexually starts with an image of their cock in that girl's mouth. So, if you want control, you've got to lead a guy to your mouth. She takes a deep breath. Go on. God, why am I so annoyed she's asking me for pointers? I could make her do anything I want right now. I should be celebrating. Please, she begs. Tell me. I place a hand on her shoulder and push. Get on your knees. She drops to her knees on the blanket without question, and my dick grows inside my jeans. She looks into my eyes for a second, and then embarrassment takes over, and she looks down. Look at me. She does. Those amazing green eyes turn up, and I almost moan. Now bite your lip a little. Get my attention. 
fuck. She always has my full attention, as her white teeth take a little nibble of her lip. That's nice, I whisper, dropping down on one knee in front of her. I take her face in both my hands and lean in for another kiss. I can already picture my hard cock filling you up. And then I stand back up and start unbuckling my belt. The mental clanks and the leather make a zipping sound as I whip it off. Bend over. Put your forehead to the blanket. Put your hands behind your back. She does that hard swallow again, and then does as she's sold. I bind up her hands with the belt and clench it tight enough to make her squeal. Now, I say, placing a hand on her shoulder to give her a little push back to kneeling. She struggles to right herself in front of me, but I help her when she needs it. And then, there she is. Perfect, innocent, and fuckable. In my opinion, girls use their hands too much. So lesson number one for giving a fabulous blowjob is to let the guy do his thing. Let him play with you first and keep your hands to yourself. I unbutton my pants with a small snap and then drag the zipper down. I reach inside, pull my hard cock, hard cock out from my boxer briefs, and present her with it. She stares at my length for a moment, and then her eyes shoot up to mine. Holy mother, I just want to come on her face and we haven't even started. Don't open your mouth yet, Tiffy. I swear she trembles when I say her name. Just let me rub my cock along your lips. She keeps her mouth closed, and I bring my tip to her face. And when I touch her soft skin, her lips don't press together. They move ever so slightly as I play. You want to know how to make a man want his cock in your mouth, Tiffy? She nods, and then... Even though I don't expect it, she says, Yes, Fletcher, tell me. Show me how to do it. I have to stop for a moment. She is unbelievably sexy. If your hands aren't tied behind your back, then place a finger in your mouth. Tease him. Bring his attention to your lips. Make him imagine all the ways they can move. When you bite your lip, show him a little tongue. It drives me wild. Wait. It drives them wild. I correct. She smiles coyly at my slip-up. She knows she's beautiful, damn it. She's probably given a hundred blowjobs, and here I am trying to tell her what to do. Shit. She's probably playing me. I can't handle that thought. I can't handle the image of her blowing other men and taking me for a ride. So I stop playing with her mouth and aim my cock right for her opening. Her lips wrap around me, slightly sucking. Fuck. Yeah. This chick is hot. She looks up at me, her eyes half-masked and her cheeks flushed pink. I grab her head and bring her closer to me, little by little, so she doesn't gag. 
She inhales sharply through her nose, trying her best to be accommodating. And that's it. I'm going to blow. I pull my dick out of her mouth and pull her to her feet. What? She asks. Did I do something wrong? Nothing, I growl. Nothing. I spin her around until her hands, and untie her hands, throwing the belt off the ground as I spin her back. I push her up against the door and then shed and hike her dress up her thighs. I almost came down your fucking throat. Isn't that the objection? Objective? Fuck. I'm gone. She thinks this is some sort of training, and I'm ready to explode. Sexy man rule number one, princess. Never come before the girl. She laughs as I pull a condom out of my back pocket, tear open the foil pack, and slip it over my shaft. Sexy man's rules? Yeah, I say, grabbing her hips and lifting her up so I can spread her thighs apart. Uh, that comes from J.A. Huss. The name of the piece is Sexy. Oh, told you that you're supposed to masturbate and come. I hope you did. Oh, man, if you were expecting more and more, then you got blue balls right then and there. Once again, I will be back next week. Please, please, please consider giving a question over to the podcast. Please consider coming back, inviting a friend. Friday, the 29th, etc., etc., etc. I had an amazing time. We did a lot of poetry, some readings, three sexy stories. A little bit extra for all the girls who actually came to the live show. Wink, wink. I wonder what that's about, people at home. Probably nothing. Don't even worry about it. The recordings are just as good. He's probably just kidding. Oh. Let's read off some names, as everyone... Uh, clears out. Sierra, thank you so much. Christine T., thank you so much. Hey, Jack, thank you, Daddy. You sound wonderful. Thank you. Julie K., my sound lover. Having a great time. Love hearing your voice. Happy. Thank you, Julie. Jody P. said, thank you so much for a lovely time tonight, Jack. Great as always. Lots of love and hugs. Thank you, Jody. Gillian or Jillian? I'm so sorry. I don't know which way it is. I'm going to go with Jillian. Uh, thank you so much for the great show and the rant about Oxford commas. That was hilarious. I had their usage drilled into my head in education class and their absence now grates on my soul on the Oshas that actually offended, though I am sorry. Absolutely not. Sierra again. Thank you so much. Christine Y. Thanks for the great show, Jack. Thank you, Christine. Brittany D. Ignore the name. I'm so sorry. Uh, giving you this tip because you work hard, you put on a good show and deserve it. You coming for us is the cherry on top. Thank you so much. Oh, looks like there might have been a couple stuck in. Willow. Thank you, Willow, if you're the Willow who's here. And if you're not, then I'll say hello later. Thank you, girls. You can always send your tips in any given time because it's money and I love to spend it. <laughs> oh. Whew. It's a fun one. I'm going to stop the recording now.